In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. It was really hard for me to resist the golden calf story this morning. I love that story, and I was still going to resist it, except Sharon gave the Egyptians such a good voice. It is evil. I love that. Um, so any of you who want to read, she would be a great coach. But we're not going to do golden calf this morning because we're actually starting a new season here at St. Michael. This fall season, over the next few months, we're going to be talking about new stuff that God does. God's doing a new thing in many different ways. And here at St. Michael, we're going to spend the next few months talking about the way in which God's new thing is happening to each one of us and to our community right here at St. Michael. Now, for some of us, hearing that God is doing something new is exciting because we kind of like the new stuff. We like that brainstorming, new ideas, fresh things, and it feels good. And then for others of us, Hearing about new stuff is a little worrisome, gives us a little anxiety. We might even get a little angry and we want to act out because we like our stuff to be predictable. We like to know what's coming. We like to know where we are going, where you park, where you sit, what to expect, all that good stuff, right? That doesn't sound like anyone in here, does it? So the idea that God is doing something new can actually be a bit challenging. And I want to introduce this idea as we begin to turn this around over the next few months, because God doing new stuff is not only very faithful, it is actually very Episcopalian. We, as Episcopal Christians, actually root ourselves in the idea that God's work is not done in the world, that God did not somehow speak a whole long time ago and get locked into only the pages of the Bible, but God continues to speak. God continues to act. God continues to reveal truth as we go on, and it's faithful people like us in our community that can hear what God is saying that can see what God is doing, and then God calls us to respond. That kind of newness is not only true, but it is most faithful for us to listen and to see and to respond. Now, yes, God does new stuff, and God has been doing new stuff since the beginning of time, but since the beginning of time, people have questioned the new stuff that God is doing. Which, of course, takes me to today's gospel lesson. <clears throat> today's gospel lesson begins because Jesus has drawn a lot of attention, which is essentially the way you can begin any gospel lesson. You can kind of assume Jesus has drawn a lot of attention. And then a thing happens. And today, the thing that happens is that the religious leaders come and they begin to grumble about Jesus because he's spending too much time with who I might call messy people. These are the people who are not well-liked. We see in today's gospel lesson that specifically tax collectors and sinners are named, but it's not just the tax collectors and sinners. We know that in the other gospels and in many other stories of Jesus, these are people who are sick, blind, lame, prostitutes, you name it. All of the less desirable, messy people are often the people Jesus goes to and talks with and touches and eats with and all of the things that the religious leaders kind of find icky. And so Jesus is threatening the religious leaders and all the things that they think they know because God's doing something new through Jesus. And so when Jesus hears them complaining, he tells them these two stories. 
Both of these stories are likely the ones we know. There's a shepherd that has a bunch of sheep. One gets lost and the shepherd leaves the whole big group of sheep to find the one and then rejoices when that one lost lamb is found. And then a woman who loses a coin searches and searches and searches until she finds that one coin and then rejoices because that one coin was found. Now I had a friend in college and she used to lose stuff all the time. She would lose her keys, she'd lose her phone, she'd lose her purse, she'd over and over again. And if I was around when she lost the stuff, she would always say, Christopher, because she always called me Christopher, Christopher, say a prayer to St. Anthony that I'm gonna find my stuff. Now, for those of you who don't have enough Catholic in you to know that St. Anthony is the patron saint of lost objects. And it was infinitely charming to me that whenever she would lose something, she would say a prayer to St. Anthony. I don't know about you, When I lose stuff, I get frustrated and mad. When she lost stuff, she prayed. That's so nice. (laughs) And I loved it. And so we know what it means to lose stuff. We have all lost stuff. Maybe some of us lose more things than others. And we search for the thing that we have lost. We know how to search for lost stuff. And genuinely, most of the time, it's kind of exciting when you find the lost thing. And so it's easy for us when we hear this gospel lesson to put ourselves in the shoes of the person doing the seeking. It's easy for us when we read this parable, because I think most of us by now know when Jesus tells a parable, he's trying to teach us a thing, to actually sympathize with and to understand what it means to go seeking after the thing that you have lost. That is not a bad way to interpret this story. But I think what is actually meant here is something much deeper, something much more profound, a promise that Jesus is making about the nature of God. And that is that you and I, we are not the seekers. You and I, we're the ones being sought. Now let's take this idea and turn it around just a little bit. We know what it's like to go through tough times. We know what it's like to struggle. We know what it's like to be uncertain about the next step or the future when things look way too gray. We know what it's like to be heartbroken and frustrated. We may even know what it's like to genuinely lose our faith. When those things happen, what we hear today is that we don't need to be the ones that go find God because God's seeking us. That idea is so profound, it is so warm, it is almost near unbelievable because we all know in our heart of hearts, if we are honest, that we do stuff that we are not proud of, that we have made mistakes that we wish we hadn't made. And if we aren't careful, we can begin to go down a path where we're not so sure that we're worthy of God seeking us, that we're not so sure that we're worthy of this profound grace and love that God pours over us. And yet today we hear Jesus say, we are worthy. We hear that what God is doing in the world is reminding us and making us this promise that no matter what we do, we are worthy of God seeking after us, of God finding us and then rejoicing when we are found. This is 
an amazing promise. This is something that can change everything about who we are right now. Each of us is sitting in these pews because we know there is some truth to this. Even if we're not aware of it, we kind of hope to be found. God promises to keep after every one of us until we are. And if we keep turning this and unpacking what Jesus is doing, we realize that what Jesus is really talking about is who is in and who is out. What Jesus is really talking about is who is saved in this world. And what the religious leaders don't like is that through Christ, everybody can be in. That through Christ, no matter what we have done, no matter who we think we are, no matter who the world thinks we are, we are loved and we are worthy of that love. Today, we are reminded that every one of us deserves the love that God pours out on us. And no matter where you are right now, God is seeking after you. So how about you make it easier on him and start looking for him too? Because what we do here is we help each other connect more and more deeply with God. You do not have to be the one who finds God. But man, how nice would it be if you actually looked a little yourself? God is calling. God is doing something new. And now it's our turn to respond. And man, when it happens, talk about serious rejoicing in the kingdom. Amen.